0: As always with me, on this show at least, is Mr. Riley Jemison Riley, say hello to the people Hello to the people Good enough So, (laughs) uh, we are here to talk about another species in the colubrid genre Or species in the, whatever the hell you want to call it Whatever makes your mouth feel good Um, It's a very broad kind of collection of animals from all different types So, Riley, what are we talking about today? (laughs) So today we are specifically going to be talking about the Vietnamese blue beauty rat snake. Okay. And I understand that there's a lot of discussion about the blue beauties and also where they are, how they fit in, how they split out. So this has been one of those ones where there's a lot of room for debate for this stuff. And a lot of these things are still fluid. So this is as it is now. Yes. And, and if there
1: are any listeners out there that have uh, specific experiences that either explain something further or contradict something that we might say in this episode, don't shoot us. (laughs) Don't, don't don't get mad at us. Owen works with these. I don't personally, I've experienced with them briefly briefly. I know other people that work with them. So I've asked around and got my head around some stuff, but there's also just a very scarce amount of information on them online. Mm -hmm. And why I said we were talking about this species specifically is because what information is out there kind of lumps a big group of these animals all together, makes a little bit of mention here and there of some of these species, but doesn't elaborate much. So what we are going to do is sort of, try and unpack this snake from what little information we can find online, plus the anecdotal information that we have from ourselves and others.
0: Right. So So,
1: again, don't shoot us.
0: It's one of those weird things where we can sit here and it may be potentially because the research has not been done yet or hasn't really Mm been like nobody's really taken the deep dive into it as far as, you know, comparing DNA, yada, 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 because maybe nobody really cares or there's not really yep. a need to do it or yep. getting funding for being like, I'm going to be the guy that goes and makes sure that all the beauty snakes are split out as they should be. No one cares. Like That's just something that right they may not consider. So yeah. uh, a lot of this stuff is going to overlap with the beauty snakes as a whole yes. because a lot of stuff is still considered that the Vietnamese blue beauties are just basically almost like a locality, almost Mm -hmm. like a color mutation of the beauty snakes that happen to be in Vietnam. So it seems heavily
1: contested and it seems recent, very recently as in like within the last five, 10 years, Mm -hmm. this is still being sort of opened and discussed and looked at. Um, uh, Yeah. I don't think we've seen the end to, how they're going to sort of finalize the classification of this entire group of animals, but more specifically this, this particular species. Well,
0: I, I think we almost say this a lot of times where the more research is needed. Like yes. It's almost like we keep having that. And, and un- unfortunately, it seems like it's something we say a lot with colubrids, but I think it's something we should say with a lot with all snake species is that mm-hmm. a lot of times more research is needed. So, yes. um, all right, well, let's jump in. Uh, What are we looking for as far as species, common name? uh, What are we talking about? So uh, there are very few common names, which is great.
1: Just blue beauty snake or Vietnamese blue beauty snake. Uh, There's not (laughs) much confusion around that.
0: So that's really helpful. Well, well. I mean, it also lends to the thing of that it might it the name itself doesn't help to possibly split it out. It's almost like that is a blue beauty snake, right? And that is a yellow beauty snake, right? Yeah, it's kind of like
1: how we classify our rat snakes here in the states,
0: right? Exactly, which is also contested and changing. (laughs) So basically, and then I've said this numerous times, but basically, this is you know, beauty snakes are probably found all over vietnam and the several areas around there yeah in thailand thailand, and- thailand asia things like that so mm-hmm. it, it has to be contested and it has to be all that other stuff because we're still not done arguing over rat snakes pine snakes gopher snakes all the shit that we have here of course so of course. bulls yeah yep,
1: exactly <laughs> so with that being said their yep. their latin name is a friggin' mouthful um I've I've typed it out and Excellent. written it out so Excellent. many times that I <laughs> I I think I might have a grasp on this, and I'm gonna go be the, ahead. I'm gonna a crack. Go ahead. Orthriophus tenuirus
0: Holy crap!
1: That sounded smooth. Whether it was right or wrong, I don't know, but that it, came sound, out it sounded
0: great. Anyway, it
1: sounded like an exotic bottle of wine.
0: But I'm looking at it, and that says 2010 description. Correct. Yes. All right. So
1: that's that's what we're talking about in terms of very recently is this still kind of being wow re, re looked at. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of rat snakes were just kind of lumped into a Lafe very early on. Some of the earliest discoveries in the eighteen hundreds was like, yeah, it looks like a rat snake. A Lafe. Yeah. Doesn't matter. That was kind of like just the easiest way to throw it together until they you know, dissecting things further. But
0: colubrid itself is a catch-all, and then now you're telling me that there's catch-alls within the catch-all? It seems that was My the case.
1: My God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so over, you know, 160 years, they have gone through several different changes. They've gone from Elafe to Kaluber to Elafis, back to Kaluber, back to Elafe, and then in Jesus. the early 2000s was the first time uh, we saw the, the first designation of Orthriophis, uh, which makes sense. Cause that's, you know, also what a lot of the, the bamboo rats are in. So mm-hmm. they're sort of getting closer to, you know, unifying some of these like species in, in genus in their regions and sort of getting a little bit of a better handle on it. But then there's some other people that contested it in you know, went the last back 10 to, years and it's yeah. Done, yeah, it's bounced around a bunch, um, So, you know, even as early as 2002, 2010, people were still debating whether or not they should be in Olafe. So when there's an Olafe
0: here for 2017 and there's an Olafe here for. But then there's the uh, there's another one here for 2015. So, like, this is. They're still trying to figure out. Big bone of contention. And there's still arguments about this. Yeah. I bet you it depends on who you ask. You see, it's got to be one of those things where, you know, there's some people over it. It's the whole lumper and splitter bullshit that we see with other pythons and things like that. That this is that somebody did this work and half the science community goes here and the other half goes here. Um, Wow. Yeah, so th- this it's an
1: exciting time to pay attention to the uh, the Southeast Asian rat snakes because you never know what sort of designation they'll get. So there's a lot of uh, new work to be done. If you're a researcher, get out there, get your name on something. And if you're a keeper, just
0: hang tight. Don't get so, don't get attached. Don't get, to any don't get names. frustrated. Yeah, don't, don't 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 put anything. Don't buy any of those like really nice little placard things for those. Just just wait. So, um, but it's like now are, are we? considering them a subspecies or are we considering them a full species well like like is it all the beauty snakes are going through this or just the vietnamese i think all of the beauty snakes are going through some
1: revision i was doing some digging around and Mm -hmm. some of the the i guess we'll call them the powers that be the researchers the folks that have done some of the the dna analysis um they've even taken the the overall like initial group of However, many there were and squashed them back down into like seven groups because they, oh my god, there were it was originally like broken into like I think 12 different subspecies, and Mm -hmm. then there was a revision that did away with five of them and said that the DNA wasn't
0: uh like distinct enough. Uh, But the problem is is that that distinction that line of what makes it distinct enough to split off into a subspecies or species that varies because that depends on the scientist who's writing the paper exactly i hate it also depends (laughs) on your
1: yeah it depends on how you individually lump split classify who you listen to who you don't Uh, it's crazy it's it's very much in flux currently so as frustrating it is as it is kind of exciting because um new well, huh. research could could come up about about this species at any time.
0: That is cool. All right. So
1: if you've now, never I'm heard not- of a Vietnamese blue beauty snake, oh, and I since you have them, why, do. don't you, why don't you give us the description on these guys? I think you probably could do it better.
0: Than I you. mean, I, I I recently held mine today. So it's, yeah, see, um, you've got one on me there. Yep. So my guys are probably close to about seven foot but it's weird because you don't realize they're seven feet long they are a slender built animal and when i say slender i mean slender and they're also a very hard body snake like there is not a scrap of fat on these things it is just pretty much muscle if you manage to get one of these guys fat you are i don't understand how you did it they are long they are lean they are moved, They they are designed to move quickly and they will giant bursts of speed we're talking um and they have that diamond shaped kind of like or 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 that they have almost like a vertical it's like their back is very much flat and then they have very sloped sides and then a big flat belly so they are almost built kind of like a triangle almost like you would see in some arboreal collie that we've talked about and stuff okay. like that so they're they're designed to move they have um they, they they're striped with a lot of sides um diamonds and rosettes uh that's kind of up near the front so they have that um kind of solid head with the um a little bit of a different color on the bottom jaw and they have the mm-hmm. eye stripe mm-hmm, so they're mm-hmm. pretty much that collar that color that blue color till about halfway down and then it kind of gets starts to get diamonds and some kind of Funky kind of patterns on the sides. It's crazy how the
1: animal's pattern changes in chunks.
0: Like three or four times. Because as it slowly goes down the body, the diamond patterns start getting bigger. And they start turning into kind of more rosettes. And then as they get down further. So the entire time, the back is almost always a solid stripe. Um, There's some bleed over, but it's not that big. But when you get to about almost about midway down, the pattern on the side just becomes chaotically Condensed and almost to come to a point of a solid color um, of that, like dark kind of bluish gray pattern. And then the back dorsal stripe is significantly pronounced because now everything is organized on the sides. So you can really see that. And that goes from about that midway section um, all the way down the rest of their body. And as it gets further down, the side patterns get more and more solid. So eventually it's just solid. Yeah, this the dark like the tail kinda, looks
1: like it's black and silver. Black,
0: exactly. It's almost like the silvery kind of black, all the way down to the tip of the tail, and that stripe is continuous. Like that if this was sense. on a, if this thing was on a coastal carpet, like a tiger carpet, people would lose their fucking minds. Yeah. So, uh, that's sweet man, it's it's yeah. got a lot going on visually. Well, that's the thing. It's like you have these like dark colors and this these blacks and these silvers, and then they have this blue silver coloration throughout all of it. it's almost like a, a polished stain metal or something like that yeah. it, it, it's insane it's so deep. this is the only animal i have that changes patterns four times throughout its entire body like it is in it's nuts yeah. but they're fast and they're just it's one of the again it's one of those animals that you're pulling it out of the cage and you're like oh it's still coming and yeah. you just keep going so yeah. it, it they're very very cool long skinny deceptive uh kind of a, a cave dwelling species right it's it i would say if you're looking at relatives of these things obviously beauty snakes cave dwelling rat snakes mm-hmm. y- you're in the ballpark yeah. with those kinds of animals and all, especially with the cave dwellers because i would say the cave dweller pattern of mm-hmm. the stripe and the things on the sides and it's mm-hmm. that very much mimics the Blue Beauties, which is where mm-hmm. I can see that there would be some kind of bone of contention of putting all these things together because they look sure. very, very similar.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. If you if you pulled away all the pattern and mm-hmm. all the color and you just had structure, Looked they're the all same the same. Game. But yeah, they all look the same.
0: The problem is, is that with, with Southeast Asia, there are so many different micro-habitats and micro-climates mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that you don't know how much that could have affected these guys. And I would say sure. that – but again, this could be very much – Uh, a peppered moth kind of situation Mm. where all right so all the trees were white up i think this was in england or something all the trees were white so all the white moths lived because they were blending with the bark right factories moved in all the trees started turning darker colors so what happens well the white moths stood out like a freaking sore thumb and all the black moths started living so then you started having Different areas where the moths would change color depending on who survives. So, mm-hmm. potentially, these dark gray, blue-colored animals can sur- can blend in better than, say, some of the other ones, like the cave dwellers, or this, that, and the other thing. So,
1: I can imagine
0: um, looking along
1: some coastlines uh, in, in Myanmar, it. and 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 finding a cave, and it's at mm-hmm. night, and it's dark, and you and you've got a headlamp, and you've got water reflections and mm-hmm. dark ceilings and very dim light flickering in a dark metallic blue and silver snake could be sitting in a crevice right in front of you mm-hmm. and with the crazy lights and reflections of water
0: you're not even going to see it i mean even the other thing is that it might also be with the whole looking up underneath a tree canopy if it's dark you might not see a, yeah. a yeah. darker colored blue snake up against like bits of bleeding sky through the sure. canopy sure so it, it, you can kind of see where that kind of stuff can happen. So I, I don't know, but it's very, very cool colored animal. Yeah. So now as far as the IUCN red list, right. what are so, we looking at for these guys?
1: So as you would expect, uh, there is nothing on the website. And in fact, if you go... Type in Orthiofas, yeah, uh, Tanieris, and and start going down that line. It will actually auto repopulate it to Elafe. That's how uh, recent good oh good, the oh good. <laughs> IUCN still has just at least the name on their list of species in there as Elafe. They don't and even. It, they're not even it, up to
0: speed. But if it's just one thing, if it's just a Lafay, then there's no possible fucking chance that they're looking at it because what do they got? A Lafay is so huge. Of course, they're not in trouble. There's so oh, many yeah. of them. Of course,
1: of course. If, if they're only focused down to a Lafay tenieris, there's you know a dozen different subspecies or more. Under
0: Above, that a, a dozen different. Yeah. Over over several different countries. Right, so, and we've
1: we've talked about it plenty of times in other shows regarding other species depending on whether it's an island species or Mm. just, you know, one mountainside gets different sunlight from the opposing mountainside. So different foliage grows there, which means you have different moisture and different plants and and all these different things. And all of a sudden you have a population that has to adapt in one valley to two different styles of living and you suddenly get a, a, a split. And so I think what we're currently in is potentially one of those multi-subspecies divergence And we're just starting to observe it while it's ongoing. Give it a couple. That's why you don't find much online. And that's why these sites aren't up to speed. And I guarantee you, you could probably walk around the show and find somebody who, you know, Has them as a
0: laffy. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. they're 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 funky it's weird because you look at this and then you're like oh in a couple in a a million years or so they'll all be separate different species it's like they're on their way um the hard part is is that like you know we're talking about these things of like certain the countries that these guys are in and like vietnam myanmar and thailand several countries that have obviously had you know violence you know uh, civil war mm-hmm, mm-hmm. other things like that the landscape know. has
1: changed dramatically, it, dramatically. In all of those countries over the last right you know century and, and
0: also i would say that a lot of these in a lot of these countries there's um snakes are used for potential food source mm-hmm,
2: as mm-hmm.
0: well as that too so Again, a may not be in trouble, but it's also one of the things where, like, we, you know, if you start doing the science and splitting it out, we might find out that the Vietnamese split beauty is critically endangered. Exactly. Like, because yep. people have just been eating it and – or feeding it to cobras and all this other mm-hmm. stuff and not mm-hmm. really caring. So, well, actually, you bring up a good point about the uh, feeding it to
1: cobras <clears throat> thing. There's no, this no. weird, there's this weird, um, I hesitate to even call it a subculture, but for our wonderful uh, ophiophagous animals that eat only snakes, uh, there are folks who try to maintain that natural way of life. And what they do is they try to do it cost-effectively. Well, cost-effective means finding the cheapest snakes to either collect or produce. And Eh, unfortunately, I see it all too often that it's alafe, the cave dwellers, the Southeast Asian stuff like this. They're kind of just not popular they're not regarded as anything significant enough and a lot of the folks that keep uh king cobras over there and in the states that is uh well it's of has got preferred
0: food choice it's an abundance also you know we are looking in the king cobra's backyard so yes. this is it's it does natural, natural. food sort yeah it does seem I natural mean- it's one of those things of like, how do we get the ball pythons eat? Well, we bred the African softard, which is potentially their natural food source. Mm-hmm. So, how do we get the king cobras to eat? Well, we'll bring in a bunch of Asian rat snakes, which mm-hmm. this thing is going to see as food. So, yeah, you know, now, I, I think you'd have it's, a better it's a little chance. Crushing to the people with oh, like you, it's who love massively. Them. I mean, yeah, I mean, let me put it this way: if I hatch out babies and somebody's like, "I'm going to buy one and feed it to my cobra," I'm going to punch them in the face. But it's <laughs> like. Well, I hope the price point nowadays deters people from wanting to feed a several hundred dollar blue beauty to their cobra. I need better. Um, so all right. But anyway, all right. So, obviously, what are we looking at as far as habitat? So, this
1: is where we have to do a little bit of speculation, a little bit of creative, um, work. So, you, you almost have to look at non-reptile sources to get an idea of what their habitat and climate is like. Mm. So you just got to look at the natural history of where they're at. Uh, it's going to be warm. It's going to be mm-hmm. humid. There's a lot of coastline. There's a lot of water, but there's cool nights. We already know a lot of Asian species, their warm is not quite the same as like Australian warm or yeah, African warm.
0: Yeah, max. Exactly.
1: So yeah. if I had to uh construct a sort of a a loose guide of how i would care for them or expect to find them in the wild here we'll just kind of do these two together Mm -hmm. i would think if you provided an ambient temperature for them in the mid to high 70s with a a a warm end at like 82 at the Mm -hmm. warmest Mm -hmm. and then just let heat shut off at night as long as it doesn't get below i don't know maybe 75 most of the night's you could probably let it get even cooler throughout certain seasons. And then I bet you they're just fine um, with that a little bit of uh, good ventilation, um, uh, but probably need some, you know, moderate humidity, a good water bowl, a lot of fresh water. And then mm-hmm. I would imagine they have a pretty fast metabolism.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I would say that my guys are relatively fast, but I would say that most of my other larger colubrids are faster so these guys are definitely on the lower side like it's one of those things where you can almost feed them like on a python schedule but you need to give them a ton of food when it's time to feed like my guys will clear out a bowl of you know whole tilapia Mm -hmm. filet um a, a small rat and some chicken some frog legs and stuff like that they'll, sure. they'll eat the whole thing and then they're good for about 10 days and then they need another one okay so, because yeah. i'm as i'm as i'm
1: talking about it i'm thinking about
0: them you know they have a fast metabolism. they're being a they're baby python I don't, yeah. I don't when i say python i don't mean like big guys it's like right. i feed i routinely feed my big colybrids and my baby pythons, like, at the Mm -hmm. same time. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's 10 to 14 days.
1: Yeah, I would imagine they aren't guaranteed as much of a meal being a coastal, potentially cave-dwelling species. Catching Mm -hmm. bats doesn't sound super easy.
0: Um, Depends on how many bats,
2: but it might be shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so I would imagine, you know, they probably have to be built for a little bit of more scarcity in food. But Mm -hmm. I could be completely off because again, there's not much on the uh on the old inner webs on these guys. So when when I was putting together this, yep. um my notes here and, and I was picking your brain and I was looking around and not finding much, uh I happened to be uh flipping through uh Instagram and Steven Cush has uh some and his were breeding today. So I, mm. I dropped the line and asked if he cared to share anything um about them with me, uh, somebody who doesn't work with them. So one of the the most interesting thing that uh, he mentioned to me is that they have a really
0: notable threat display. They do. They what do. is that like? Um, well, it's definitely, they're vocal. Open mouth, right. hiss, and then they also flatten out their neck to kind of throw a falsehood. But it's not Pronounced, it's not as pronounced as say a Madagascar hog or sure. or a false water cobra. It, it's very much like a red tail green rat type of yes up. yes okay. yes, I but not but <laughs> not almost like not vertical. It's almost a horizontal, so it flares Ooh, on the side, which which is cool. And they'll do the tail lat rattling. They'll do the tail smacking. They'll do the double S. They'll do the posture. They do all that kind of stuff, which is they do it all the time when they're babies. When they start getting bigger, they really don't. Mm hair like yeah. my guys will puff a little bit and neck flare a little bit but then after i move them someplace they're just like whatever but they yeah. will get into defensive posture if like if i'm messing around in their cage or i go to get their water bowl mm. they'll stop doing what they're doing and immediately start rearing back up into that double s position and they'll okay. watch me the okay. fun thing about them is that they do a slow tongue flick That's so cool. it's not like any other snake we know it comes out flicks goes back in you can't even yeah. see it these guys will stick it out, and then they'll do one, and then it'll kind of almost hover up in the air for like a second, second and a half, and then it'll go down, and then it'll sit wow. there for about a second, second and a half, back up. So they'll do like three or four of these slow tongue flicks, then it goes back in. So That's they will cool. definitely look at you and then give a slow tongue flick if you're something uh, that they're trying to in kind of think around or trying to inquire about. It makes if it's me a, think of rattlesnakes. It is. It's very much like that. So it's part of the defensive posturing, almost like you would see in a rattlesnake that's in that double S position with the coil and the rattle. They give the slow tongue flicks when they're trying to really kind of ascertain what's going on and be defensive. But if you've ever seen a rattlesnake, when there's food in the area, the tongue flicks like any other normal snake. Hmm. So these guys are the same way. So it's a slow tongue flick when they're really kind of trying to figure stuff out if they're maybe feeling a little uneasy. But then if food's in the area, it's just a normal in-and-out, in-and-out, in-and-out. Sure, so it's sure. really kind of cool like that. Nice. So. so I found a little bit of info as far as
1: what somebody wrote online as mm-hmm. far as how they care for them. And they said okay. they had some success. But after I've been talking with you and talking with Steven, their um, brief the warm notes – is- Ridiculous. seems warm seems really warm yeah and and so what i found was that somebody suggested 85 to 88 uh cool end you know mid 70s ambient down to 72 and i'm sure that was just sort of like random speculation but based mm-hmm. on what we've just sort of conjectured i and and also Stephen, um, what did
0: steven say Steven
1: says keep them ambient 78 to 80 with no real hot spot they'll breed readily they'll eat a bunch and he's over in Indianapolis so yeah. you know he gets weather out there.
0: Yeah my my guys have a heat panel that will turn on and get their hot spot to 82 83 and then it'll turn off at noon and then it kind of just drops off and then they're whatever temp the room is and they're the bottom cage in my stack of big guys. Yeah. So And they cohab, so they both so live maybe in
1: that the, cage. the the notes that I found online were from somebody who has a, a much cooler room and maybe. that's what they found to maintain. But if you're listening here and you're thinking, okay, I'm setting up cages, I'm doing this, I'm dialing in mm-hmm. for some blue beauties, aim lower than than what you think. Aim a little bit lower. They if, seem to be more forgiving. Honestly, yeah. they seem like they want it even cooler than what I do my rainbows at. Uh
0: I would say that um my, like just my the hair lower, my my Asian rat snake, them and my Chinese king rats are the same kind of uh care and temperature. Um, I don't even have um heat panels in my Chinese king rats' cages because they're up high in the python mm-hmm. room, mm-hmm. so I don't need them. Sure, um, I, does it for you exactly. I really only put it in the blue beauty's cage because they're on the bottom and they're right near the door. Love and these. the reason they're there is because I don't want to put any pythons there um sure. and they're fine they eat all the time like uh, I have to go downstairs and put them back together I do separate for feed mm-hmm. which is just something I do for all cohab species because I'm mm-hmm. not an idiot um because <laughs> I'd rather just put them in, away like and I'll do the, I'll feed them the same way I feed all my other large cauiebirds and, and Asian rat snakes uh, on a, a big bowl of food every 10 to 14 days. And that usually kind of lets them ride. Um, I was feeding them like I would, like, say my pythons, um, which is just, like, one food item, like a rat every, maybe almost twice a week. So doing rats every, like, twice a week, you can do it that way. That's how I did for most of their lives. They were not really getting that big length. They weren't really kind of growing to that point. They got about Mm. six foot. So when I switched it over to, like, basically just – Crushing them with food every 10 to 14 days is when they started getting really, really big and really, really long, which I think is really good for these Asian guys because it's – it's like they find – like you said, they find a a cave that's got a bunch of bats in it and they'll sit there for a day and a half and they'll gorge on any bat they can get their hands on or Mm -hmm. they'll – the birds will be nesting – and they'll manage to to crawl up and natch, like n- grab a bird and eat, eat the babies or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have even had my guys eat eggs, like quail eggs and stuff like that, too. So they will not refuse anything. They're pretty much equivalent to kribo as far as dumpsters. My guys will eat uh, frog legs, rodents, uh, chicken. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll eat fish amphibians and rodent and birds so it
1: sounds kind of like they you know depending on availability and price we'll get into that in a second here they're mm. they're almost like the perfect pet snake as far as manageable climate yeah open uh open to whatever you want to feed them um you know if, if you're somebody who can handle uh six plus foot colubrid that's long and lean and probably a little zippy at times it sounds like it could be the
0: perfect most beautiful snake for you it's one of those animals where it's like people like i wanted this i'm like are you sure like you know there's so many other ones out there that'll be way more forgiving than that it's like i you always see it when you see somebody who's like well i've had a i've had a corn snake and i really want to get an emerald tree bow it's like really like you know you don't want to like maybe kind of try some other things out so like these guys are very forgiving and i would say that you could really set them up to look really cool in a big naturalistic display they would use Mm -hmm. the entire place Mm -hmm. you know because they'll climb they'll 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 go into things um i i desperately want to get my guys some more stuff to climb on i just don't I, i can't find Branches, there's, a, there's an artist who lives in my town who, like, makes statues and stuff out of, like, tree limbs. And I hate that guy because I can't find any tree limbs when, like, there's a big storm because he's got them all. <laughs> so, um, but I would love to get some big sticks in there for my guys to climb on and do some stuff. So, that's oh, on my cool. list. Yeah. So, now, if somebody is hearing this and they do decide
1: that this is the uh, the straw that breaks the camel's back and they do need to get into these species, how available are they?
0: my I found my guys by completely by accident um Mm -hmm. I uh went up to nerd and we were playing with cave dwelling rat snakes and I'm like I really want one of these because it you know had the bluff charges it had the falsehood it had all the stuff you want in a snake like that so I'm like all right done deal so I come home and I look for them and I couldn't find it and I found somebody who was selling blue beauty snakes so my guys are actually captive born and bred in the U.S. Okay. Um, and I bought them as the pair, so I got them as baby babies. They were small when I got them, um, and I paid like I want to say it was like two hundred bucks, like I want to say it was like two fifty, something for the pair. Okay. And that was about five or six years ago because my guys are getting pretty big, well, they and they've been with me a for little a while. little
1: bit in price, huh?
0: I think I saw today one for 500 bucks. Well, so yeah, All right, then, and so that's the, is but that's the only one.
1: are not bred often then.
0: I would say, well, the problem is, is that I'm not sure. So I saw one animal for $500. It was a juvenile, like a, a sub-adult male. And that was, it. it was a lone male. It was the only one on morph market that I couldn't hmm. find any on fauna. And there were none on a couple other sites that I went on either. So. Hmm i would say they're one of those things that like if they pop up it's very rare and the problem is is that i don't think anybody really cares because i think there's this still the whole thing of that it's not say um it's not rare it's yeah it's not a chinese beauty that has all the morphs and all the other fun it's stuff. not on
1: the verge of extinction or something
0: right so i will also say there's other places like i know Zirkel. Um, does produce Vietnamese blue beauties regularly along with other things like that. So there are some breeders out there that work mainly with Asian rat snakes and they do produce these guys pretty abundantly. You know, you said Steve also does it too. So there are people who are producing them and they are somewhat readily available, but I would want to say that the babies are probably still hovering at about maybe 200 bucks a baby. Okay. If that, so maybe they've doubled in price since I've got them. Okay. Um, or I might have just found somebody who just had a pair and was fed up with trying to sell them and gave me a hellish deal. So, sure. um, but I they're know, cool.
1: uh, I've seen videos where Dan Malary before he moved over to Thailand, I think he had imported them from time to time here and there. And I, I right. do recall seeing them, um, uh, every now and again at the Southern California circuit of reptile shows every so often, usually on his table. But, and, and, you know, and over the last couple of years, I really haven't seen him.
0: Well, I would also say this, that a blue beauty snake is like any other snake. It, it If it's inside in a drawer or in a house under artificial light, it does kind of gray out a little bit. But then you take the sucker into the sunlight and it becomes this blue steel, gorgeous animal. So, like, if you'll notice, anytime somebody's trying to show off their blue beauty snakes, they're outside like yeah. it is yeah. there's Makes a reason sense. for that. So they are um, gorgeous gorgeous animals. They really really are. So um definitely something that I I'm interested in something that I would like to potentially get like a clutch um just because I always wanted something different on my table. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to have just corn snakes and you know carpet pythons. I, I wanted other stuff which has sure. led me down Horrible, horrible rabbit holes. So me both. Yep. So all right. So
1: I think that's all we have on these guys. Yeah. Unless there's any, uh, unless there's any other standout, unique experiences or behaviors with them. Anybody who's listening, get work on some publications because yeah. we we've been pulling stuff out of conjecture, thin air, and talking to other folks to make this happen, which is exciting because but, there's so yeah. much more to figure out. But we really. Don't have all these things dialed in. You'll notice Owen and I didn't really get into strict classifications of are they arboreal,
0: semi-arboreal, are they diurnal? I'd say they're in, they're an all-terrain snake. Yeah, I mean, they, they yeah. kind
1: of are going to roll with whatever the food is going to be found in, and whether it's yeah. day or night, they're going to go after it. So I,
0: I would say that these guys could easily survive, say, in like an agricultural field, like a rice paddy, or like a chicken coop or anything like that and they could yeah. also easily survive in a cave and they could also easily survive in a treescape and easily survive in a dense forest i would say that they could pretty much do any of the places basically i i, I want to say they're probably they're probably like a garter snake over there like they're just probably everywhere mm-hmm. which is why you have all the things of like that people are like they can't possibly be in any kind of trouble because there's so many. Well, yeah, we haven't behind. we haven't slit everything down. So yeah, but I don't know. It they're a very cool species. I would say that if you're interested in Asian ratsnicks, um, and you do some of the like bamboo rats and rhino rats mm-hmm. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. dipping into some of the bigger species like a Vietnamese blue beauty is definitely a cool way to go. Yeah, so I agree. I think uh, I think if anybody needs a large
1: large colubrid in their life, this is an excellent candidate.
0: I am so hopeful for eggs this year. I would be so happy. Uh, so, well, we'll have to revisit that. And it's, again, it. again, it's different. It's something I haven't done before. It's yeah. different.
1: And there's not a lot of information online about it. And that's why we're here talking about it.
0: Right, because I'll remember to write it down. Anyway, so... <laughs> Well, we that's all we have at least exactly. <laughs> so that's what we have on the blue beauty snake. Uh, so Culliver Corner is a proud member of the Raleigh Python radio network with all 10 and increasing shows yes. on the MPR network. Go over to Raleigh to check out all the shows that we have there. Um, also go and give a like on the Patreon for Raleigh Python radio. Uh, if you join the $10, uh, tier, you will be invited to the monthly uh, exclusive Patreon podcasts, which, are sorry, live streams, which is me, Riley, Lucas, and Eric talking about whatever you guys want us to talk about, take questions, and all those other things. Um, you can also go to the Teespring store to get all your morelia python radio merch also there's rogue reptiles merch there's eb morelia merch and there's also carpet fest merch on there too uh we're also slowly getting adding some of the other show shirts on there um there will be some Calibre corner stuff up there i promise uh at some point um and then also you can give us a like on all kinds of social media just look up morelia python radio network Calibre corner uh and various other types of shows um and uh yeah, that's, that's all it. we have for you guys this time. Uh, so we'll see everybody back here for some more Caliber Corner. Thanks. Bye.
2: Bye.